welcome back to another edition of the Spy Bar Podcast. So look, it's been uh, a few weeks since uh, I last podcasted, uh, family vacation uh, got in the way um, and uh, whilst I would have loved to have done a, uh, an open preview and, and wrap up last week, uh, unfortunately the, um, the allure of uh, the swimming pool and the lounger and actually playing a bit of golf whilst I was away was, was too strong, but uh, uh, I think the golf did um, all the talking in the last couple of weeks. Been a, a fascinating couple of weeks on the uh, on the men's and the women's tours uh, as well. So um, I think kind of first things first. I need to um, uh, wrap up what happened at the Open a couple of weeks ago. Um, obviously, fabulous win for for Shane Lowry, uh, winning by six strokes uh, from Tommy Fleetwood. Um, just a, a lot. It was a magical event, wasn't it, from start to finish? I think uh, the course was exceptional. Uh, looked unbelievable, played brilliantly, offered all the tests that we would have wanted. You got a couple of random players doing pretty well, uh, a couple of old stalwarts and the likes of Westwood doing well, and then obviously you've got the uh, the behemoth that is Brooks Kepka at the minute, um, uh, playing unbelievably throughout uh, throughout the week as well. And then you've obviously got the local winner, not the local winner that perhaps everybody would have wanted from Northern Ireland with Rory, um, but uh, an Irish winner nonetheless in Shane Lowry, who's a very, very popular uh, player on the tours and has been through his struggles and has basically justified some of the immense potential he's shown um, since breaking through uh, sort of 10 years ago now winning the Irish Open as an amateur Um, so an an unbelievable event I mean kind of first of all let's let's um, touch on the headlines it was obviously bitterly sad watching Rory just capitulate under the pressure on that Thursday um, I, I reckon he was his brain must have been running at sort of 400 miles an hour on that first tee shot going OB and then sticking his second shot in the rubbish and you know taking a quad on the first hole and finishing with a a triple on the last um, but what, a, what an epic comeback on the next day I mean he just showed so much fight and was unlucky to miss the cut by one shot um, but it was it was gutting that he wasn't there you could see how much it meant to him um, his emotional press conferences and interviews uh, after both after both days so it was bitterly sad that he didn't make it there but you know obviously he uh, he put all his uh, efforts into supporting Lowry and uh, GMAC did make the cut and again unfortunately Darren Clark just missed out after a great um, opening tee shot and opening hole where he birdied the first hole uh, of the tournament so uh, uh, you know I felt felt very sorry for Rory um, not sure I'm sure that it's obviously, well, we know it's going back to Royal Port Russia. I think they signed a three, a three tournament deal with the RNA to make all the changes that they did to the course and everything. So it will be going back, but just uh, you know, obviously Rory in the peak of his form, he's playing some of the best golf of his career um, at this stage, particularly on the PGA Tour. He's been unbelievable all year on the PGA Tour. So um, just will he get a chance in? in his peak um to to get back there let's hope let's hope he does um it would be a shame if uh, if he didn't get another chance to uh, to have a go at the course where he's obviously got we had the old course record in the in the old setup before obviously the changes for uh, for the open this time round but um going back to Shane just a, a a fabulous fabulous performance um yeah, he went into the final round with a four-shot lead, as he did with the U.S. Open back in 2016. But uh, you know, whilst he had a very sketchy first hole, um, he was unflappable uh, really throughout, and, and shooting just one over in in those very very tough conditions on that final day was uh, uh, was 
something exceptional to watch. So fair fair play to him. Um, in terms of some kind of other storylines, obviously I think we touched on the biggest one, which is Rory. Um, but I think kind of another cap off to Tommy Fleetwood again. I mean, what what a player he is. Um, he struggled on the final day, as did pretty much anybody who was starting in the last like ten groups with the weather that came in. They really got hammered by that weather. Um, but he was he was unbelievable throughout the week. Uh, and I think really in that final round, I mean, if he'd made that putt on the first, uh, he had an eagle putt on the fourth. Um, which just missed. He had another putt that just missed, I think, on the third as well. So if he made if he makes those three putts, then all of a sudden he's only one shot behind Shane Lowry. Maybe we have a different round. So yeah, it did, disappointing. He couldn't quite get the putter to work on that final round. But he was his ball striking was unbelievable all week. His driving was superb. So another very solid performance, and he's getting um, a real. Building up a really good resume of strong finishes now over a couple of years. The only thing that's missing for him is that victory. Um, we could kind of do with him winning on the PGA Tour or winning a big tournament pretty soon. Otherwise, he's going to start getting the um, the Ricky mantle of not you know being great but not being good enough to win. Everybody loves you, but you're not good enough to win. So um, fingers crossed that'll change in the near in the near future. He's too talented not to win at some stage. He keeps putting himself in enough positions. So another great week for him. Uh, Brooks Kepka did well. He wasn't very well, um, and he putted horrendously, uh, ironically, um, and he turned that round this week, but we'll, we'll come on to that in a minute. Um, but Brooks was unbelievable. Uh, again, tee to green, and you know, despite being a little bit under the weather and obviously having local knowledge with his caddy, um, finished in, in fourth, uh, tied for fourth alongside uh, Lee Westwood. Uh, to become only the fourth other player um, to uh, finish in the top four in all four majors in the calendar year after Nicholas Woods and Spieth. Um, so again, again, he's just such a big game player, such a major, major force in the majors. Um, that uh, again, another great, a great result for him. Uh, so kudos. Um, in terms of other notable kind of storylines, I think I touched on most of them, which is obviously we have Rory and Tiger missing the cut. Um, uh, I think kind of one of the stories, and I, I'm a bit guilty of being pleased about this um it's a jb holmes uh final day meltdown 16 over shot an 87 in the in the uh, penultimate group uh, alongside kepka i know kepka wasn't very pleased with with him and his pace of play um uh, he's just a difficult character to root for when he takes so long to play golf in an era where we're all trying to play ready golf this guy doesn't even begin his process and even put his glove on until it's completely his turn to play, um, so uh, I don't, it's just it's just not somebody I'm going to root for. Uh, I'm sorry, and I, I kind of I was quite grateful that we didn't have to see a great deal of him on that final round. Um, and when we did, he was in a bit of trouble. So I feel a bit guilty for for saying that out loud. But um, I wasn't I wasn't unhappy that he didn't have a very good Saturday or Sunday. Uh, let's put it that way, because I think you know players like him make the game a little bit more frustrating for for us to watch as a spectacle could just take too long um but uh, i mean in terms of let's talk about more positive things i mean lee westwood again unbelievable I've, if only that man could putt if that man could putt just think how many tournaments more tournaments he would have won he's already won 40 plus tournaments worldwide but jesus if he could putt um he would be unbelievable um but another you know phenomenal week and i think he's i think that gets him back into the masters next year again and he loves the masters so he just keeps getting himself into these big tournaments so uh, fair play to uh, to lee and i think kind of um uh, one of the sort of more pleasing results of the weekend was uh, robert mcintyre 
Um, so Rob McIntyre uh, finished in a tied for sixth. Um, he, he started off the week pretty well, solid first round, then uh, middle rounds were not amazing, which meant he went out relatively early on the Sunday and shot a low round, 67. And when everyone else was shooting in the low to mid-70s in that final round, or if not higher, um, he just rocketed up that leaderboard, uh, finishing in T6. So well done for him. Again, just I think crystallises what's been an unbelievable couple of months and a great rookie season for him. He's He looks like a real class act, a nice bloke on and off the golf course as well. So yeah, really pleased uh, really pleased for him um, to, uh, to get that top 10 finish in his first uh, Open as a pro. And uh, in terms of the picks, so obviously the the pick situation going into the event. So I was on 12 points leading the competition and then um, Adam and Simon were on 11 with Mark on eight points, Invisible Golfer. And again, we had a little bit of controversy as we did with the US Open in that actually Mark's outsider pick actually was the best finisher so ended up sweeping all three points for the picks um, much to Simon's chagrin so for the second open uh, second major in a row Simon's two points gets nicked away from him by Mark getting three points for uh, for his Lee Westwood pick um, uh, Simon had uh, had Ricky who finished just in tied six just one shot behind so unlucky Simon but Mark took the three points which now means that and I'll come on to obviously this week's which changed it again which moved the leaderboard to, to me on 12 points and then the other lads all on 11 so uh, you know Mark has had an unbelievable run um, sort of like a a Kenny Perry mid-2000s run when he won I think three tournaments and three PGA tournaments in a row over a summer about 10 years ago. That's Mark's unbelievable run of picks that he's he's on at the minute. So, uh, look, with the playoffs coming up, I think we're probably going to go, and I haven't made the rules up yet, but maybe as I'm talking out loud, we'll probably do two picks. We'll probably keep every single playoff, we're going to keep it as, I don't know, I'm talking out loud, aren't I? I'm working this out as we go along. I think we're going to have a pick for each tournament. And then I, what I want, I think I'm going to do, is we're going to pick somebody who's not projected to make the next week in the playoffs. And we get to pick one of those outsiders to see which of which of those outsiders is going to get through to the next week. There we go. That's what we're going to do. So we have two picks each week, one to win the event of that week. And then somebody who's in, so for example... Uh, up between 100 and 125 on the PGA Tour money who's going to get into the uh, uh, do well enough that week to get into the top 100 for the week after there we go so we're going to have two points on offer each week which kind of means that everybody's got a chance of uh, of winning up so that'll be the leaderboards um, situation um, so moving on to this past weekend, so uh, P- PGA Tour, um, well, there were two two big events um, this week. They had, obviously had the WGC, which is top 64, or the top 50, plus a bunch of the winners uh, on the PGA and Asian Tours um, at the FedEx St. Jude in Memphis. I mean, first and foremost, having a WGC the week after uh, a, a major, I'm not really mad keen on. Look, the, the guys look knackered. Um, to be quite honest, uh, for most of the week there was a lot, lot of, uh, a lot of issues um, with tiredness um, and some behavioural issues. Alas, Sergio again carving up a, a tee with his driver. 
Um, that man's got some some issues behind closed doors at the minute, I think, just based on some of his behaviour this year. Just hopefully everything's okay and, and he sorts himself out because that behaviour needs to stop. He's too old to be doing that. He's won too much money. He's won everything he needs to. He's got the major. He just needs to stop behaving like a child, to be quite honest. We all have temper tantrums, but he he just can't he can't afford to do it as a pro. Um, but I went off topic. So, yeah, with the FedEx St. Jude in Memphis, I know it's a tournament that everybody likes, but it's... And the, and the pros like it, but just having it the week after the Open, and, and obviously the weather conditions were so different. Obviously the crazy weather we had in, in Ireland, which was on one minute it was quite warm, and the next minute it was freezing cold and chucking it down to you know, 30, 35 degrees and 100% humidity in Memphis. Um, you could just see by the weekend, people looked a bit jaded. Um, uh, but Brooks did turn around a narrative by winning uh, the event. Um, showing that he can put it together outside of the majors. Uh, ironically, he still has more major wins with four than non-major PGA titles, where he's got three now, um, which is a, a crazy, crazy stat. But you know, Brooks won by three strokes. Um, he, he wasn't unbelievable tee to green, but he was just ridiculous scrambling and, and putting. He actually led the field stroke gains putting and scrambling. He got up and down uh, 19 out of his last 19 times. Um, so uh, you know, whenever you're doing that, you're going to do pretty well. And I think in in the last round alone, he of uh, the first nine holes, he sunk something like 60, 60 feet of putts. So you know, he just he he was too hot with the putter, and and whilst Rory went in with a one shot lead, his his putter just misbehaved all day. Um, he he putted really well Friday Saturday, but just couldn't get the putter going on on Friday, and ended up finishing I think tied for third or fourth in the end. Another good week and a good bounce back following um, the disappointment of the Open. Shame he couldn't get that done. It would have been nice to have got a win. Um, but still, you know, you can't complain. It was a, it was a good week and, and what's been a really, really solid, consistent year for him on the PGA Tour. I know people expect more of him because of his talent levels and more victories. Um, but look, even still, he's he's backed up a, a, another credible victory, uh, a credible, sorry, performance in the, in the WGC uh, this week. And I think kind of a little shout out to Tommy Fleetwood. Um, look, he followed up his second last week at the Open with a T4 uh, at the WGC so again another solid week and again just crystallising that he is one of the best players in the world He's he's got to get that victory soon fingers crossed um, for that uh, and the, the PGA Tour did have a secondary event this week um, the European Tour doesn't and actually doesn't have an event for a couple of weeks now until we've got the uh, D&D check open in a couple of weeks time but the PGA Tour did have a secondary event which is the Barracuda Championship which is for Stapleford um, uh, different, completely different event it's a Stapleford scoring not the staple for the you and I know um, because they have no points for a par, minus one for a bogey, minus two for a double um, and two points for a birdie. But that was won by another young stud, Colin Morikawa, uh, in just his sixth start since turning pro after his uh, stellar college career. Uh, he won the uh, Barracuda Championship, finishing off with four birdies uh, in a row to, to win by a couple of uh, couple of points. So he follows in the footsteps of Matt Wolf, who he finished runner up to when Matt Wolf won the 3M Open a couple of weeks back. Uh, as uh, college stars winning quickly on the PGA Tour, that was only his sixth start. And I should also add, he's also had three other top four finishes in those six starts. So he's taken like a duck to water on the PGA Tour. Um, I think everybody sort of is saying about him. He's just got, he hasn't got a fault in any of his game. He's just very very solid in every aspect of the game. So be interesting to see how his career moves on when he plays in stronger fields. I think he's he's now obviously already got um, he'd already covered his P 
PGA Tour card, but now he gets a two-year exemption on the PGA Tour following that victory. So congrats to him, and I think we'll hear a lot, lot more about him over the next coming years. And that just kind of leaves um, Victor Victor Hovland as the only star yet to win um, uh, of the big three, of those big three yet to win on the PGA Tour. But I don't think that'll be too far down the line, just given his, his talent level and how well he's played thus far. And then, uh, obviously, on the LPGA Tour, it's been a big couple of weeks there, um, last week and this week, um, with two majors back-to-back. So we had the Evian Open last week in France. Um, I think there was a, there was obviously quite a bit of controversy around the state of the course um, uh, uh, down in France. Obviously, it's played in the Alps. It, the, the challenge that they've had in France, obviously, I think everybody in Europe knows, in the last couple of weeks, we've just had a crazy, crazy heat wave. And in fact, there was, an, there was a heat wave earlier in the year in June in France too. And I think that on the back of some crazy winter snow as well just meant they couldn't they couldn't get the course in the condition that they would want um so i know there were a lot of the pros particularly lexi thompson was sort of kicking off on social media about the quality of the course the state of the golf course um and look you, you know i know that they wouldn't have done it on, it wouldn't have been done on purpose and and yes her her she was sort of arguing that the, the men would have never had it in this state possibly possibly not um but look at the end of the day it was a major event and it produced a really good leaderboard and, a, and an exciting, interesting finish and started the week in heat heat wave conditions, ended the week with, I think they're all wearing about four or five layers and, and cowering from the rain. So uh, ultimately it was won by Jing Young Ko. Uh, she won her second major of 2019, uh, holding off uh, rookie Jennifer Kupchko. Um, uh, Jennifer Kupchko uh, won the uh, amateur event at the Masters. Um, earlier in this year so you might remember her her name from there and obviously it's a rookie season as a pro she seems to have taken it very well so she was just beaten out by Ying Young Ko or Jin Young Ko sorry um, who becomes again just another of these South Korean wizards who, who've won two majors under the age of 24 um, I think the last one was Inby Park to do that but uh, just another phenomenal young uh, a South Korean talent so congrats congrats to her on what is a stellar year and she's already won I think on the LPGA Tour as well so she's won three three tournaments already this year so her and Sung Young Park um, are, uh, are kind of dominating the LPGA in the women's game at this moment in time and finally um, on wrap-ups we've got the senior tour uh, Bernard Langer he with the dodgy uh, putting technique and people still whinging about that but he kudos he won his 11th senior major uh, winning the senior open at Royal Lytham in some pretty challenging conditions and congratulations to him so look I know I talked about the leaderboard earlier on I did have Rory as my pick um, this week in the WGC so I got an extra point um, so the, the leaderboards as it stands at this stage I have 13 points Adam Simon and Mark the invisible golfer all have 11 moving into the penultimate PGA Tour event before the playoffs so this week we're only going to preview two tournaments the Wyndham Championship uh, and the AIG Women's British Open there is no event on the European Tour I'm gonna. I'll run through the Wyndham Championship because I probably want to spend a bit more time on the uh, on the Women's British Open. Um, so the the Wyndham is, uh, the, as I just touched on, the last PGA Tour event for players to wrap up their cards uh, for 2019-2020 season. Uh, so basically, they're all those who are kind of in and around the kind of top 125 will be playing this week to try and get make the first playoff event. Um, it's a relatively weakened field, um, given all the golf that we've had over the recent weeks. Obviously, with the WGC, um, 
uh, and uh, obviously the Open and then obviously the Irish and Scottish Open beforehand etc so it's a pretty weak field only real big names out there you've got Spieth Casey Webb Simpson and Hideki Matsuyama they're kind of the big names that are out there Patrick sorry Patrick Reed is also playing I suppose he's a big name still even though his form would suggest otherwise so they're kind of the big names coming up this week um, but this course is an interesting course because it's one of the ones that uh, you know, the non-bombers on the PGA Tour will have uh, circled on their uh, on, on their calendar as one to play because it's not a bomber's paradise. This is a golf shot making course. So it's a second shot golf course. A premium will be hitting fairways and then approach to greens. So hit greens in regulation will be a key stat to look at over the week. So, you know, not looking for those guys who are going to smack it really long, but actually, you know, people are going to get on the green and putt well. Um, I think as was sort of shown by last year, the wire-to-wire winner was uh, Brant Snedeker. Um, in fairness, he did shoot a 59 in the first round. So anyone who shoots a 59 has got a good chance of winning at an event. But, you know, his game is not hes not the longest off the tee, but what he is, he's, he's strong greens in regulation. He's a great putter. Um, so uh, Webb Simpson as well finished T2 last year as well. So that gives you some sort of in, insight. Again, his game is get it in the fairway, get it on the green, and make a, you know, hopefully have a good week with the putter. Um, one thing to factor in this week is the weather's going to look pretty dodgy uh, over the first three days. It looks like it will clear up a little bit back end of Saturday and Sunday, um, but certainly over the first three days it will be somewhat weather um, impacted. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that impacts on the on the field itself. So I mean, in terms of the the, the betting, you've got Simpson Webb Simpson who's leading the betting at nine to one, and Hideki at fourteen to one. Hideki's obviously shown a little bit of form in the last few weeks or last month or so. Then Jordan sixteen to one, Colin Morikawa eighteen to one, Patrick Reed twenty to one, Paul Casey twenty two to one, and Billy Horschel at twenty eight to one. So for the picks this week, let's start with the lads. So uh, Simon's gone for Paul Casey. Uh, first time Paul's actually been at this event since twenty fifteen, where he finished tied for third. So I quite like that pick twenty two to one. Adams picked um, I think the second most. Uh, hated player on the PGA Tour after Bubba and Billy Horschel uh, 28 to 1 not sure why he's so controversial but he's not the most liked player on tour um, he's turned into some decent form he, we, he's not really been contending this year but he's had a number of top 25s this, this um, season I think he's had 12 top 25s and he, he finished T9 last week so he's in some decent form uh, already and he's had uh, a couple of kind of top top 11 finishes here at the Wyndham previously, so again, good shot, twenty-eight to one, and Mark's gone for the for the favourite Webb, uh, nine to one. Obviously, one here in twenty eleven, T two here last year. Been in some really good form last eighteen months, so I uh, can't not see him uh, contending. Obviously, finished very strongly last week at the WC to finish second to Brooks. Um, and my pick, I've actually gone with the young man Colin Morikawa. Uh, obviously, won last week at the Barracuda Championship. It's a slightly stronger field this week. Uh, but look, he's already proven it in strong fields or stronger fields uh, already on the PGA Tour. He just looks like he's riding a really good crest of a wave. And he's the sort of guy, I think, he, he won't relent. Um, not by everything I've read and heard about him. He's just going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. So Colin Morikawa, 18-1. to 1, That is my pick for this week. And then finally, let's talk around uh, the AIG Women's British Open, uh, which is the fifth and final major of the LPGA season. And as I mentioned earlier on, it's back-to-back. Obviously, we played the Evian last week. Uh, slightly different conditions this week. I think the weather is kind of going to be okay. There might be a few showers today, Thursday. Um, but outside of that, I think the weather's going to be playing pretty okay, sort of early early 20s, a um, bit of sun. 
bit of cloud etc so i don't think there's gonna be a crazy amount of wind around there's been pretty windy the last two days but actually i don't think there's gonna be much around over the over the course of the week and this year it's played at uh, woburn again on the marquez course there it's a course i know pretty well it's not too far away from where i live uh, i play there most months um and look it's a great course woodland sort of tree-lined uh, course it's it's going to prove long uh tough tough for women but i think with their uh you know the strength of their short game some some unbelievable green complexes down there at woburn um that, and it's also obviously a course that, that the guys here will know or a lot of them will know pretty well having uh, hosted the course back in 2016 uh, on the same course at Woburn at the Marquess so um, look I think uh, the the women it won't be a bit of a shock it won't be a, a shock to them I think uh, we'll expect some pretty decent scoring over over the course of the week obviously for for an open we normally associate that with links and as I touched on there it's a tree-lined parkland course um, so it's going to be a bit more of a similar test to what they get week in week out on the LPGA tour um, so obviously you know we had Georgia Hall winning last year but that was a Royal Lytham St Anne's uh, which is a very very different test of golf to uh, to what they'll expect this week it won't be sort of crazy run outs or um, uh, you know big sort of fall offs around the greens although in places there are uh, it'll be very much more um uh, putting putting the ball in the right place um i think accuracy off the tee is going to be important um on this uh, on this golf course because yeah uh, there are there are a lot of trees and you can get blocked out pretty quickly so i think kind of accuracy off the tee it's definitely a second shot golf course as well i think the the longer hitters will definitely perform better uh an extra extra 30 40 yards if you can get that so expect some of the bigger hitters to do well which is why you know aria jitanagan won in 2016 i wasn't surprised when i i looked that up but when i was doing a bit of research into this because look she's one of the longer hitters on the tour and i expect somebody who hits it pretty far um to do pretty well this week uh, another interesting nugget, maybe from a kind of an English point of view, is that this is obviously Charlie Hull's home course. So Charlie actually lives pretty much on site at Woburn. Uh, you can see her most days down there. Um, so she's got a lot of local knowledge. I know she was a little bit overwhelmed. I think she finished 17th, if I remember last time in 2016, but there was a lot, a lot of pressure on her at that time. She'd just broken through. There was no real other English women kind of contending at that stage um, but actually I think there's a lot of good young English talent that'll be on on display um, this uh, this week uh, at Woburn you've got obviously Georgia Hall you've got Bronte Law uh, Mel Reed, Megan McLaren uh, all of these ladies have had pretty good results over the last uh, few months and, and I, I hope uh, we'll, we'll obviously to be able to turn that into some decent results this year um, in terms of the favourites this week, I, I mean, it's it's unbelievable how strong it is from an Asian point of view. Um, I think you have to go down to kind of eight, eighth or ninth before you actually see a non-Asian uh, player kind of in the in the bedding. So you've got Jin Young Ko who's obviously won two of the majors this year. She's kind of leading leading the favourites, and then Araya Jutanagan, Hyoju Kim, Shang Shang Feng, world number one, Sung Young Park, who's flip flops world number one with um, Shang Shang Feng, then Inbi Park, Se Young Kim. Before you then get to the likes of Lexi Thompson and Brooke Henderson, so um, I, I think odds odds are on that. Uh, um, that, that that we might have another Asian winner this year, but uh, look, there's there's some great players in there. You've got the Corder sisters too, who are playing Danielle Kang, 
I think it's going to be a really interesting event. I'm actually going to go uh, take uh, you know, my little girl, my seven year old wants to uh, wants to go and watch. So we're going to go and watch um, tomorrow. I'm quite looking forward to going and seeing how these ladies play because they'll play a little bit more the style of golf that amateurs will play. Obviously, a lot better than us, but you know they'll hit it about the same sort of distances on a good day for us, I suppose. Um, but uh, it'll be great to see them in, in full flight and, and on a course that I've played beforehand. So uh, I'm really, really looking forward to the Women's British Open. In terms of my pick, I am going to go... I'm actually going to go with Feng, Shang Shang Feng. I think, um, you know, she hits the ball well. She's the ball far. I, I just think she's going to break up the South Korean dominance. I think we're going to have a Chinese winner of the British Open. So there you go. They've got it for this week. Yeah, apologies, been a couple of weeks off now. I think I'm going to be back now, pretty much uh, consistently moving forward. Uh, no more holidays, no more breaks for uh, for certainly the next month or so. Uh, I've got a bit of travel coming up in September, but uh, that with work. But I will be continuing to smash this out. And so please do subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You can also find it on SoundCloud. Um, to if you have an Android device um, I want to get back into doing more interviews with people as well so I would really be grateful if any of you guys have got people you think I should be talking with um, or trying to get interviews with please do reach out to me at the spike bar on Twitter um, yeah, I, I'm always keen to get as much input as humanly possible from uh, from the audience so please do reach out and let me know who you think I should be chatting with but in the meantime enjoy the golf this weekend thanks for listening cheers Thank you.